Hello and welcome to South Asia Chat, a podcast series brought to you by the Institute of South Asian Studies at the National University of Singapore. I'm your host, Nitya Subramanian, an editor at the Institute. The Kashmir conflict has been a long-standing territorial dispute between India and Pakistan, with two wars being fought between the two countries over the decades. August 5 will mark two years since the Modi government abrogated Articles 370 and 35A, while also bifurcating the state into two union territories of Jammu and Kashmir and Ladakh. While these are recent developments, it is important to understand the background to the Kashmir issue and get a perspective on how it has evolved over the years. To do so, we have with us Mr. Sanjeev Tripathi, former chief of the Research and Analysis Wing, or RAW, India's premier intelligence unit. He had joined the Indian police service in 1972, and after serving in his home state of Uttar Pradesh for about seven years, he moved to the government of India and then joined RAW. He served there for 34 years, both within and outside the country, and thus has a vast and varied experience in the areas of security, intelligence, and international affairs. Post-retirement, he has been sharing his knowledge by contributing to various think tanks, including ISAS. Thank you for joining us today, Mr. Tripathi. Thank you, Nithya. Thank you for your kind words. Um, So let me start off by asking you to give us a little background to the Kashmir issue and what actually led to the present state of affairs? Well, Nitya, before uh, I start, uh, I would also like to thank the Institute of South Asian Studies, Singapore, for giving me an opportunity to express my personal views on this important subject. I feel for a meaningful discussion on any matter relating to Kashmir, it is important to understand the Kashmir issue in the right perspective. People have different notions about Kashmir issue or for that matter about the word Kashmir itself. And clarity on that is important for properly comprehending the issue. Well, uh, before I come to uh, to the Kashmir issue, I would like to draw your attention to four important documents. The first one is the India Independence Act of 1947. Why this act? The British divided the territory of British India, directly governed by them, in two independent dominions of India and Pakistan. The act also terminated British suzerainty over the princely states, which formed a part of British India and numbered around 565 and gave them option to accede to India or Pakistan. The second document is Kashmir's instrument of accession to India signed on October 26, 1947. The signing of this document by Maharaja Hari Singh of uh, ruler of the princely state of JNK in October 1947, as per the provisions of the India Independence Act, resulted in the entire princely state of Jammu and Kashmir 
becoming an integral part of India. The third document I am referring to is UN Security Council Resolution Number Forty Seven of Nineteen Forty Eight on Kashmir. This resolution was adopted on April Twenty One, Nineteen Forty Eight. it envisages three sequential and conditional steps first one is the withdrawal of all pakistani regular and irregular troops from the region to the satisfaction of the united nations thereafter number 2 a reduction in the number of indian troops to the minimum necessary for the maintenance of law and order and finally a plebiscite under the un supervision the resolution became ineffective after pakistan did not take the first mandatory step required for its implementation and the fourth document is the simla agreement of 1972 under this agreement signed by india and pakistan in simla on july 2 1972 the two countries agreed to resolve all outstanding issues bilaterally now coming to the main issue uh, the erstwhile princely state of jammu and kashmir which is generally referred to as kashmir broadly comprises four regions namely the northern areas of gilgit and baltistan subsequently renamed as gilgit baltistan by pakistan ladakh jammu region and kashmir region before kashmir acceded to india on october 26 1947 pakistan had occupied a large part of the territory with the help of regular and irregular troops after the signing of the instrument of accession indian troops intervened and pushed back the invaders however instead of pushing them out of the entire territory india opted to go to the united nations since then a part of the kashmir territory comprising northern areas of gilgit and baltistan and parts of jammu region and kashmir region is under the occupation of pakistan and is referred to as pakistan pok or pakistan occupied kashmir pakistan had initially named it as azad kashmir and later divided it into two parts namely the so called ajnk and the other one was gilgit baltistan here i would like to stress that that pakistan has no legal basis to assert its claim over the occupied territory pok was not included in the dominion of pakistan created under the india independence act 1947 nor did it become a part of pakistan through the signing of any instrument of accession even the un security council resolution on kashmir did not give any legal right to pakistan over pok and kept withdrawal of pakistan's regular and irregular troops as the first 
mandatory step for the resolution of the Kashmir issue. On the other hand, the entire princely state of JNK became a part of India following the signing of the instrument of accession. The UNSC resolution, which could not be implemented because Pakistan did not take the first mandatory step to withdraw its troops from Pakistan, from POK, was, it was gradually overtaken by subsequent developments and became irrelevant after the signing of the Simla agreement. Thus, the Kashmir issue, which is primarily a border dispute between India and Pakistan in the erstwhile princely state of JNK and wherein a large part of Indian territory is under illegal occupation of Pakistan is still remains unresolved. Thank you, Mr. Tripathi, for that um, wonderful background. And uh, this takes me on to my second question, uh, which is about the state being divided into four major regions. Um, with parts of it being occupied by Pakistan, which you rightly said is Azad, Jammu and Kashmir. What is the current situation in these four regions? Yes, uh, Kashmir, uh, or to be more precise, the erstwhile princely state of JNK comprises, as I mentioned, four major regions, namely Jammu region, Kashmir region, northern areas of Gilgit and Baltistan and Ladakh. Out of that, the so-called AJNK, which comprises parts of Jammu region and parts of Kashmir region, and Gilgit-Baltistan are with Pakistan. As I mentioned earlier, they together are referred to as POK. The Union Territory of JNK, which comprises major parts of Jammu and Kashmir regions, and the UT of Ladakh are with India. Now, a lot of attention is given to the Indian side of the LOC in Kashmir and all developments there are widely discussed, debated and reported. But very little is known about the situation in POK and the plight of the original inhabitants of that region. So I will first briefly cover the situation in Pak-occupied Kashmir. Immediately after the accession of Kashmir to India on October 26, 1947, a provisional government of the so-called Azad Kashmir with Sardar Ibrahim as president was formed on October 27, 1947 at the behest of Pakistan. Although this government had jurisdiction over the entire POK, the northern areas of Gilgit and Baltistan were de facto governed directly by Pakistan. Subsequently, under a secret Karachi agreement signed in April 1949, the so-called Azad Kashmir government ceded its control over northern areas, which constituted about 85% of the land area of POK leaving it for direct governance from Islamabad. Not only that, it also agreed to give substantial role to Pakistan in the governance of the so-called Azad Kashmir. This secret agreement 
came to light in 1993 when the high court of the so called ajnk stated in a judgment that ceding of the northern areas to the pakistan government was a violation of the un commission of for india and pakistan resolution that required status quo to be maintained for the holding a plebiscite it may be interesting to note here that pakistan which now often talks about plebiscite was not interested in holding it at that time as it was unsure of its outcome in the kashmir valley because of the atrocities committed there by the invading forces and also in the so called azad kashmir area because of the revolt by sudhan community there to which sardar ibrahim belonged following his dismissal from the post of president by pakistan in may 1950 had pakistan been keen on plebiscite under the un resolution it could have triggered the process by taking the first mandatory step stipulated in the unsc resolution the governance in the so called azad kashmir and the northern areas was controlled by pakistan through its ministry of kashmir affairs and northern areas while the so called azad kashmir got its constitution in 1974 while ajk interim constitution act 1974 northern areas later renamed by pakistan as gilgit baltistan continue to be governed directly by pakistan meanwhile in 1963 pakistan ceded 5180 square kilometers of northern areas territory in shaksgam valley to china without ascertaining the will of the people of northern areas and without having any legal right or legal authority to do so about the interim constitution of ajk promulgated by pakistan in 1974 i would like to highlight two issues the first one is article 73 of the constitution and the other one is its 13th amendment which was carried out in 2018 pakistan ensure, ensured its total subjugation of the people of so called ajk through article 73 which is i quote no person or political party in azad jammu and kashmir shall be permitted to propagate against or take part in activities prejudicial or detrimental to the ideology of the state's accession to pakistan unquote as such the people there have no choice but to follow the ideology of the so called ajk's accession to pakistan further by the 13th amendment of this constitution in 2018 pakistan has assumed direct control over 32 subjects moreover on 22 subjects in the concurrent list it has restricted the powers of of the state assembly to make laws 
by making it mandatory for the state to take prior approval of Pakistan. Thus, Pakistan tightly controls the governance in POK, with the people over, over there being denied even their basic rights. In addition, Pakistan is systematically changing the demography of that region. In contrast to the situation, uh, the situation on the Indian side of Kashmir is totally different. The accession of Kashmir to India achieved through the signing of the instrument of accession was subsequently ratified by the Constituent Assembly of Jammu and Kashmir on February 15, 1954, and thus endorsed by the will of the people also. The Indian state of JNK was temporarily given a special status by incorporating Article 370 in the Indian Constitution, and thus the people in the state enjoyed much more autonomy there much than those in other states of India. Meanwhile, Pakistan, which had consolidated its hold over POK, never gave up its claim over the rest of Kashmir and continued to foment trouble in the Indian state of Jammu and Kashmir, particularly in the Kashmir Valley. It intensified its efforts in this direction after its dismemberment and creation of Bangladesh, for which it blamed India. It is sponsored, aided and abetted terrorism in the Indian state of JNK, particularly in the Kashmir Valley, which it is still continuing. Now, the large-scale killing of Kashmiri Pandits, leading to their exodus from the Kashmir Valley in the early 90s, early 1990s, increase in terrorist activities, growth of radical Islam, unrest among the youth leading to stone pelting incidents, inability of the state government to provide an effective administration and its neglect of a large section of population, lack of economic development in the region, etc., are some of the factors that led to the abrogation of Article 370 and 35A of the Indian Constitution by the Parliament of India on August 5, 2019. The state of JNK was also bifurcated into the Union Territory of Jammu and Kashmir and UT of Ladakh, with the assurance that UT of JNK will be restored full statehood in due course. At present, there is total normalcy in the UT of Ladakh and people there have widely welcomed the creation of separate UT. In the Union Territory of JNK, also there has been a marked improvement in the situation and it is gradually returning to normal. Thank you, Mr. Tripathi, again. And we will come back to Prime Minister Modi's initiatives very shortly. But before that, um, talking about India and Pakistan, 
uh, it you maintain that the kashmir issue is primarily a border dispute between the two countries and needs to be settled bilaterally through dialogue as per the shimla agreement however we have seen pakistan time and again inter internationalize the same uh, kashmir issue is brought up at every forum uh, that they are present in do you think this strategy has been working in the recent times for them uh, well uh, while india is adhering to the simla agreement and has refrained from internationalizing the kashmir issue pakistan has paid scant regard to it as you yourself mentioned pakistan has consistently been raising kashmir issue at every international forum as well as in its bilateral interactions with various world leaders in a selective and distorted manner to suit its own interest the word kashmir is commonly used in different contexts to represent the erstwhile princely state of jnk like saying uh, un resolution on kashmir it also represents uh, indian state now ut of jammu and kashmir as well as kashmir valley taking advantage of the resultant confusion along with sponsoring terrorism and, and unrest in the kashmir valley pakistan has succeeded in creating an impression that human rights situation in the kashmir valley is the kashmir issue india's reluctance in the past to effectively counter the pakistani propaganda has only helped pakistan in perpetuating this false narrative on kashmir issue that way one may say that pakistan strategy to internationalize the kashmir issue may have enabled pakistan to propagate a false narrative on kashmir issue but it is also a fact that anything based on falsehood and distortions ultimately gets exposed we'll now come back to prime minister modi and his recent initiatives to normalize the situation there uh, could you talk about these these initiatives and how it would benefit the region well uh, following the revocation of the special status given to the state of jammu and kashmir under article 370 and bifurcation of the state into ut of jammu and kashmir and ut of ladakh the government of india has given utmost priority to normalization of situation and developmental work in the region as i have already mentioned the creation of ut of ladakh was welcomed by the people of ladakh and there is complete normalcy there with focus now being on developmental work however in the ut of jnk the decision was opposed by several political leaders particularly from the kashmir valley by terrorist groups operating there as well as by pakistan voices were coming both from within the region and from pakistan that there would be bloodshed if the special status under article 370 was revoked you you will agree that no responsible government can afford to take such threats lightly and risk the lives of the people and hence potential 
troublemakers opposed to the decision were needed to be restrained. As the right to life takes precedence over all other rights, the government took all necessary measures, including imposing several, several restrictions to ensure security in the region. These restrictions have gradually been eased and the government has now been focusing on confidence building and other measures to bring total normalcy in the region. Central ministers have been visiting the region to interact directly with the people. Local bodies elections have been held and more powers and resources have been given to them to ensure that ensured their prominent role in the developmental work. Delimitation work based on 2011 census to demarcate boundaries of various assembly seats is presently going on. Once completed, assembly elections will be held there. The revocation of the special status has also brought the people of the region at par with the people of the rest of India and has thus made them eligible for various schemes launched by Prime Minister Modi for the benefit of the people, particularly to those belonging to less privileged sections of the society. Moreover, the provisions of the Indian constitution and other Indian laws, particularly those relating to gender equality and affirmative election actions in support of socially backward classes and scheduled tribes are now applicable in the region and they will also ben uh, they will also benefit such people in the region um, prime minister has, modi has recently called a meeting of all prominent leaders of the ut and uh, ut of jammu and kashmir and sought their cooperation in restoration of the normalcy there he also assured them about the uh, government commitment to restore statehood to the UT of GNK in due course. Now the only impediment in early restoration of normalcy in the United uh, UT of GNK and all round development in the region is Pakistan's sponsored terrorism, which somehow needs to be effectively countered. Finally, I'd like to conclude by asking you, given your own vast experience uh, in handling security matters, what are some of your suggestions for the way forward for Kashmir? Well, for any forward movement, I feel to resolve the Kashmir issue, first and foremost, it is essential to be clear about what the Kashmir issue is. As I have already highlighted, Kashmir issue is the boundary dispute between India and Pakistan in the erstwhile princely state of JNK. Although human rights and security situation on either side of the LOC are important matters which need to be appropriately addressed, they are not the Kashmir issue. There are also a need to understand and appreciate that there is a marked difference in, in the status of territories on the two sides of the LOC. 
while the territory with india comprising the ut of jnk and the ut of ladakh is integral part of india both legally and as per the will of the people that with pakistan comprising the so called ajnk and gilgit baltistan is an occupied territory there is a need to sensitize people about this situation and put pressure on pakistan not to trample on at least the basic rights of the people of pok well i firmly believe that kashmir issue should be resolved through dialogue between india and pakistan as per the simla agreement however for any dialogue an environment conducive for the talks has to be created and for that pakistan will have to stop sponsoring terrorism in the ut of jammu and kashmir the two sides have recently agreed to maintain peace and tranquility along the loc and i hope the security situation in the union territory of jnk will also come fully under control that may pave the way for the dialogue thank you very much mr tripathi for joining us today it was a pleasure having you with us thanks a lot nitya thank you very much you were listening to south asia chat to learn more about our work do visit us at isas.nus.edu.sg also follow us on facebook twitter and linkedin thank you